Hey, Marshall. Hello, Elizabeth. Do you want to talk about Lost? Absolutely. Great, because this is Jungle Mystery Podcast, and that's kind of what we do here. This week, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 15, Homecoming. Yes, and I did not get my prediction correct. Well, you did, basically. Kind of. You were right that this episode was going to be about Claire coming back. Sure, but a lot of times the... Uh, well, when I guess who it's going to be about, it's like about the flashbacks. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. So normally that's the standard by which I judge whether you are correct. But it was kind of out of left field that it ended up being a Charlie episode. But, it, it you know, the episode was about Claire's return. Sure. So, so I was halfway. I'll give myself yeah, half credit. I'll say you're right. Yeah, well, I mean, you're not right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. No, you're... <laughs> it was a good guess anyway. Yeah. So yeah, this episode is interesting apparently it's divisive yeah so so you had mentioned earlier today that you thought it was really good i thought uh, 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 like i said i want to couch what i said i i, I found it very entertaining it okay. definitely yeah it definitely had a bunch of problems there were points where both me and larissa were yelling at the top of our lungs <laughs> um but i also found it entertaining so i'll put it that way so i don't think it is a bad episode, but I think that it is weak by lost standards. Okay, that's fair. And I should disclose my opinion has kind of been like, I guess a little bit biased about it when I went in to watch it this time, because I learned before watching it this time, I had not known this before. Damon Lindelof, who's one of the creators of the show, and who is one of the people who wrote this episode, he says that, in his opinion, this is the worst episode of the show hmm. like it's just absolutely his least favorite so in it he was interviewed and one of the questions was just you know what episode do you think is the worst and he said this one and the interviewer was kind of like oh really so most people say it's this episode in season three called stranger in a strange land is kind of everyone's go-to like that's the worst episode interesting so he says that you know, we'll get to that episode when we get to it. But he says that he thinks that episode was well written, but there were a bunch of like poor decisions made in actually producing it and like casting and, and just bad choices that made it bad. But according to him, and he he's the one who wrote this episode, he said, <laughs> he says, this episode is flawed on almost every single level that an episode of Lost can be. Wow. <laughs> including the writing part. So he, I think he's kind of haunted by this episode. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like he really regrets it. So it's like I went into watching it this time knowing that he had said that. And also, this is the first time I've ever watched this show and taken detailed notes while watching it. And something about, like, just really paying attention to it. Like, I can see that it's a weak episode. I think it's kind of insane that he's saying it's the worst one. But it's definitely, it's definitely weak. Especially knowing what this show can do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, because there's kind of different metrics for how I would like, because there's, it's just like when you watch movies, there are some movies that are so bad, they're good. Yeah. And then there are some movies that are just bad. Yeah. Like, they, they fall apart and there's no redeeming qualities. Yeah. And then there are good movies that have, you know, quite a, like, issues with them or, like, bad, maybe there's bad writing, but you still, it's it's overall a good film. 
Yeah. I would put this as like, not not so bad it's good, but it, like I said, it's very entertaining. There have definitely been less entertaining episodes to me. Yeah, it was, yeah, so it was very action-packed and entertaining. Part of the entertainment was how insane some of the decisions were. <laughs> so that's maybe what he's talking about. I mean, from that perspective, yeah. sure, there's a lot with, like I said, we were... And we even talked for probably half an hour after the episode about <laughs> some components of the episode, which we yeah. don't normally do because we typically save it for the podcast. But we were out, we were cooking dinner and we just ended up talking about this episode. Right. Yeah, I, I we should we should dive into it before we get into it more. But I'll say I'll say this. I think there are very, very few, but there are a few episodes of Lost that are just plain bad. Yeah. Like on any level. There's some, there episodes are some episodes of Breaking Bad that are bad. And that's yeah. like regarded as the best television show ever made. Yeah. And there are there are some episodes that are jarring and they feel really bad because the standard is so high. <laughs> like all you know, we have so many really, really amazing thought provoking episodes. And then when there's one that's like still better than any other show, but not as good as most episodes of Lost, it's like, oh, that sucked. But then like when I rewatch it, I'm just like, oh, that was actually a really good episode. It's just, you know. Yeah, well, I'm it's used like to better. <laughs> could, you, you can either compare it to itself or you can compare it to like, I don't know, young Sheldon or some <laughs> shit. And, and then, the, then the bar is so low that it makes every episode of Lost look like a like a yeah. Francis Ford Coppola film. But anyway, let's dive into it. Yep. We'll talk about the flashbacks first. They were pretty straightforward. Not much is learned about Charlie in no. this, except it, it further reinforces his need to protect and to be needed. And just the drug-addled decision-making process. Yeah, yeah. But I really, was... all of all of his flashbacks stand to justify what he does in this episode. Like, that's kind of the whole point. <laughs> that's all that can be gleaned is like, okay, that's why he did that, right? Yeah. But yeah, so, so we see him at... He's at rock bottom here. This is probably very shortly before what we saw in The Moth, where he goes to Australia to try to get Liam and then, you know, ends up on the plane. He's definitely at rock bottom. So uh, he right. and his bandmate yeah. are out of drug money. So he's supposed to seduce this rich girl, Lucy, go home with her, steal something and sell it. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> definitely a drug addict plan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, definitely something that you come The logic up with. that, like, oh, she would never suspect that it was you. It's like, wouldn't yeah. she, though? Yeah, like, it's, like, grandiose in the dumbest way possible. It's definitely yeah. something you can see somebody coming up with after they bump their last, like, yeah. half a gram of heroin. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we gotta get some money. I know. Well, instead, he charms the pants off of her, and then, of course, he develops feelings for her. And, and I think more yeah. so than that, more so than the feelings that he has for her, is he just wants to seem respectable to somebody, right? He just wants to kind of be a normal guy again. I don't really yeah. know. We don't really even get the sense that he, like, falls for her in this episode, but just kind of the idea of living a normal life again. Yeah, I think the biggest, like, impactful point for him is is the discussion with the dad. More yeah. so than any yeah. discussion with Lucy. Lucy. I was wondering if you right. caught the there's a little a little sneaky reference in here before we meet the dad when he first goes back to her house with her and she's just kind of chatting and says that he should he should come back for dinner and meet her dad. She says that he's off buying some paper company up in Slough. Did you get that? No. 
that that's a reference to the office the the uk version of the office i don't know if you ever oh that. no i did not okay but yeah that's huh that was just a fun little <laughs> so i guess i guess cool. that paper company exists in the canon of lost they're in the same universe <laughs> they're in the same universe wow <laughs> somewhere there's some fan fiction about that that i gotta find yeah wow that's okay that's pretty cool but yeah so it's just a little one-off line it was oddly specific <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah we we have a dinner scene where we find out that her dad was in a band that he decided to leave so that he could take care of his family and the protestant reformation yeah <laughs> what wow. a name what a name what a name and charlie like almost breaks down in this scene talking about how drive shaft is dead right yeah so like he's he's given up he is at rock bottom so he takes this job selling copiers but on on day one of the job you God. can see he's ready to back out right and yeah go with the original plan he steals the cigarette case the winston churchill cigarette case <laughs> yeah and then he tries to make his escape but lucy's like no i'll drive you and <laughs> oops <laughs> yeah it's a huge disaster he throws up he passes out and then the emts find the cigarette case and return it to lucy and so we have our final scene which is the whole point of the whole thing is this line where she mm, says you'll never take yep. care of anyone yeah right so a, cu a couple things she she re she references this like Winston Churchill cigarette case as like my dad collects like rubbish from the past or something like that. Yeah, I was like, uh, how dare you? <laughs> I, I'm not even English. And that would be like an incredible thing to have. I don't know. Uh, that, that was just kind of like, I don't, that's like, you know, if I had like, you know, General Patton's you know, half used roll of toilet paper. That'd be a pretty crazy <laughs> relic to have. But uh, I don't know. That was kind of funny. Also, yeah. they just had it like on a coffee table is a strange place to display. Well, it's like it's on display. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, did but you like, see their house? Their house was like packed full of shit like that. Yeah. But normally something that's like that kind of significance you like have. It's like, you know, I put, you know, the book about Jim Jones I'm reading on my coffee table. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't put like the. Uh, decommissioned Vietnam War grenade that I have on my coffee table. That's in the special <laughs> spot. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just got the sense that it was like, it kind of showed how kind of naive and like trusting they are. Like they have all of this stuff. They're so rich and they're just like. Oh, well, yeah. Because they don't expect cool that any, don't steal it. any uh, low lights are going to get into their house. Yeah. Also, the, I all I could think of when he vomited on that copier was what would it look like if they photocopied his vomit? Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But I was like, oh, close the lid and make a photocopy. What would that look like? <laughs> it's like the super degenerate version of making a photocopy of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> is having heroin withdrawal vomit and making a making a photocopy of it. Gross. Yeah. So I don't know. Not mu not much of these flashbacks, but they sure make you feel bad for Charlie. Yeah. It's, Again. you know, you feel bad for him, but also, you know, he has to he has to pay for his actions you know what i mean like yeah I mean, his actions have consequences he's doing this to himself yeah and, it's, uh, it is sad it, it does wait because he's, he's he's a very tragic character i would say you know yeah and he, but he I is also, trying his best now on the island to make good yeah, yeah so that, that yeah. reinforces like his this, this this does a good job of emphasizing like the redemption component right his his need for redemption <laughs> yes the only thing that i thought was really funny about these flashbacks is when um when they first go to her house, he's being all like flirty or whatever. 
And he's like, if you wanted to take me home for sex, you know, you didn't have to say, let's have some tea. Just say sex. <laughs> and it's like, he's doing this like sexy voice, but I just, I can just only ever see him as a hobbit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just such a tiny little hobbit man. And it is weird seeing him try to be flirtatious. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh man. Oh boy. Yeah. It, it is. It is funny. You know, I feel like a lot of actors have that issue where they have like this major landmark role, but then that's all they can. That's all that people think about them as, you know? Yeah. It's funny. Cause like I'd never seen Evangeline Lilly in anything except for Ant-Man and the Wasp before the yeah. show. Yeah. So like I have no, or no, I'm sorry. Also the, uh, and the Hobbit. Hobbit. Yeah. But, uh, so I had no like, you know, reference point for that, but I can imagine people who saw her first in this, you know, for six seasons had like I was like same thing. I can't see um Brian Cranston as anybody but Walter White. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But um yeah, I'm sure he's crying all the way to the bank. <laughs> yeah, his, poor guy. Breaking bad residuals. But no, I feel like it's not even that. Like it's not just that I can only see him that way. It's just even as Charlie. No, yeah. He's normally just like the little cute guy. So he's then like whenever a... he randomly has this like seductive line, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> It's not nope. going to do it for me. Nope, nope, <laughs> no, no, nope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, no, you're supposed to be you're supposed to be talking to Gandalf about <laughs> what's happening next in the story, you know? Also, just another thing about Charlie is it's not like it also seems like literally everyone close to him has failed him. Yeah. I in mean, his he's, life. yeah, he's definitely on his own. We don't know anything. We will learn more about like his family because mm. uh, so far you know there's been no mention of his parents sure we've only learned about liam and it it kind of seems like everybody else in the band is a hot mess too right this is the second bandmate that we've met i don't even think we get his name but clearly he's a junkie just like charlie he looks seems to be kind of looking yeah. down on him like i mean sir, he's telling him what to do right and doesn't seem to have any respect for him no yeah so yeah we we have not seen a single like support person in his life <laughs> no exactly he's just like surrounded by degenerates yeah but anyway those are the flashbacks on to the meat i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> let's gloss over that i don't know why i did that okay now hmm. time for the meat <laughs> um so the episode opens on absolute chaos because Claire's back and she's unconscious and she's still pregnant. Were you surprised that she was still pregnant? Could we tell that at the end of the last episode? Yeah, you could. You could? Okay. Yeah. And I feel like you said that. You said you were shocked that she was still pregnant, right? I don't know that I was shocked. I, I found it interesting. Or you just observed it. Okay. Yeah. It was like, oh, hey, look, they like, you know, they didn't take the baby. Right. Because okay. at eight, like, from what I understand, like a month premature is not like the most insane thing to happen. Right? Um, I don't know. It would have been, so we don't know anything about, you know, Ethan and if he's, if he's not acting alone. Oh, you'd have to like a Nick you or something, right? If, if they you... were to quote unquote, take the baby, that would imply, you know, doing a C-section. Surgery. And also, yeah, that baby would probably need some extra help. It wouldn't be like worst case scenario in like a regular hospital but you know we don't right. know what kind of resources are available so no it, it would have been pretty insane for them to take the baby right away unless they have they're hiding some state-of-the-art hospital on the island that we do, don't know about <laughs> do we know definitively how far along she was when the plane crashed oh god uh, eight months comes to mind but I, i'm not sure what that originated from because yeah, if, so if it's I, eight months and they've been there for almost a month, 
then she's like in the window, right? Yeah, okay. So so she she tells Jack that she's eight months along. Yeah. One of the earlier yeah. episodes. But so again, now, like we don't know the exact week number, I don't think. I, I could look it up. Sure. But anyway, it's, she's she's probably right on the cusp of you know normal birthing. Were window. they in normal circumstances, it would be okay for her to have the baby now, but they're not, so it's not great that you would really want her to go as long as she can. I mean, this uh, this isn't standard operating procedure. New, new. So she's been missing for about two weeks, I believe, of the roughly month that they've been there. Was it two weeks? I thought I thought in the last episode. Oh, I'm not sure actually. It's been two whole weeks, or just one week, maybe. Maybe just one week. Okay, so I, I would guess she's probably 36 or 30, 37 weeks okay. along. So yeah, she. Still pregnant. I wanted to know your thoughts on this because I remember last episode something you said about how it would be dumb if they do an amnesia plot. <laughs> um, but surprise, surprise. Yeah. She wakes up but doesn't know anybody. She doesn't remember anything beyond being on the plane. Yeah. That's, so, uh, I guess, so in like the heat of the moment watching the episode, it, it was like, oh, yeah. you know, you know. I guess it's really not as dumb as maybe I thought it would be. Like, I think they did okay with it. It does seem... It's not dumb, but it's, it's very dumb. cliche. And it's, it's very cliche. And it's very convenient. Yes, yes. A lot of is... things about this episode are very convenient. <laughs> it keeps them from having to explain anything. Yeah, but yet. but I promise you they will. No, I know the... that they will because there's yeah. six seasons of the show. Yeah. Yeah, I guess in the moment it didn't... It was... I, I didn't have a moment where I was like, you know, spit. Oh, right. you know, yeah. but it, it is uh, it is cliche. But I think, again, there's such a level of of suspicion of disbelief you have to have that it's not insane. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to this in a second. But yes. so, yeah, she's she doesn't remember anything beyond being on a plane. Um, Jack tells her about the plane crash and then it was almost a month ago. There's kind of this interesting little sidebar between Jen and Son. Yeah. Jen is concerned about Claire. He's asking Son if she's OK, especially if the baby's OK. Son pretends that she doesn't really know what's going on, but is like, yeah, it seems like she's okay. Did you have any thoughts about that moment? I keep wondering if Jin is wising up to the fact that Son has a deeper under... Well, even if she is, like, yeah, or just, like, has a deeper understanding or someone has explained something to her, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, speaks English, honestly. Because there's been a couple of moments like this. They're very rare after the first Jin and Son episode, but where they, it's almost like Jin has like a knowing look on his face when like he looks at his wife. To, he's trying to catch her revealing that she knows yes. what's going on. Yeah. He's watching her reactions very Or closely. alternatively, he's genuinely just voicing his concern about the baby and she is so overly cautious to make sure she doesn't give anything away, right? It's like, it's kind of on both their parts. Like, yes, maybe he's overly suspicious and she's overly cautious. So they both just seem like they're constantly testing each other <laughs> with I think, every interaction. <laughs> I think that, you know, I have no reason to think that Jin, like, e even with his temper problems and his involvement in organized crime, I have no reason to think that he's not still, he doesn't have the capacity for concern over others. Right. Oh, we've absolutely seen so yeah. far that he, yeah, he is concerned about. Yeah, he helped Hurley out with his, 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 yeah, uh, sea urchin he, thing. 
I think that he's trying not to care. Like, he still thinks that the best thing for them is to not be involved. It's probably especially after this episode. Well, that's a throwback to, like, the very first thing we ever saw them talk about under the But that doesn't mean, like, I think his instinct is to care and to help. But he's saying, no, no, I need to do what's best for me and my wife and stay out of it, right? So I, I think at his core, he wants to... You know, his heart is telling him to be involved because he does care, especially about, you know, especially about a pregnant woman. But he's, you know, forcing himself not to. Jen, to me, is my, like, archetype for him is the, like, a person that that is very well-centered originally, but ended up over their head. So I don't think he's, like, a sociopath or anything. I think he had good intentions and he ended up in a place where he couldn't back out without Mm -hmm. any issues. So I I think he is legitimately concerned about what's going on. And he's maybe also suspicious of his wife. Yeah, the way the scene was framed, it just, it almost seemed like he was interrogating her, you know? Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah. Very lightly. Because I also imagine, like, I don't know, I don't, we've made jokes about your poker face voice, but I also have a terrible poker face. I can't imagine being Kate and like learning that son speaks English and interacting with her in a normal fashion after that. Like, right. I would have to stay away from her around other people because I'd yeah. be like, Hey son, can you hear me? Such and such. I mean, Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. I'm so bad at, at keeping up uh false pretenses. Right. Yeah. So I, I can imagine maybe he's seen something that makes him think eh, she's uh able to communicate beyond but yeah, better than he thought. Yeah. Body language. We have another little moment. Locke being weird. Oh, yeah. He was extra weird in this scene. Extra weird. So, yeah, when uh, Boone is wondering out loud, how does she not remember anything? And then he's like, oh, I wonder if Ethan's here right now. And Locke looks like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> I, it seems really heavy handed. Yeah. In this part. Like, yeah, it, it's almost out of character. Like normally, like he has like smirks and whatever. Yeah. yeah. But this was like he might as well have had a mustache and should have been twirling it. Yeah. That was so, very strange. That was again, what I would say a, a weak point of this a episode. A weak point. Yeah. But also, like I guess he can be less guarded around Boone now, right? So That's it's true. Like we're seeing his true colors a little bit more. But yeah, that was just playing goofy to be honest like it was goofy thank you yes (laughs) he's like yes that's coming all together you know Mm -hmm. it's like almost like an anime face yeah weird (laughs) we have a scene between charlie and claire he's trying to you know he's trying really hard to reconnect with her and he explains to her that they were both kidnapped by ethan but that he was rescued and she wasn't and she wants to know who ethan is and he just says ethan's the bad guy And, you know, we he doesn't get much further than that. We see that she just she just does not remember anything at all. Yeah. But then we have some suspicions raised. Saeed says that that Ethan sent Claire back to them. He says, you know, how how could she have escaped? Like, she's so pregnant. (laughs) How could she have actually gotten away? And he says, how many times, doctor, have you actually have you diagnosed actual amnesia? So. What what did you make of that? Do you think maybe she doesn't have amnesia? Do you think maybe she's an islander now? I don't. I would say it's more likely if she doesn't. Hmm. I don't think that she's faking. Okay. I think that if anything, if there's a conspiracy aspect to this, that she was intentionally, you know, wiped and then sent back. Right. Right. I don't think she's faking. I don't. You know, I, I unless she like 
Because, like I said, like we said, she's she hasn't been gone that long, not long enough to be brainwashed and turned into like a a Manchurian candidate. I don't think. Okay. Um. So I would say that if if there's any component of that where it's like a plot or or something that that she has been she she had her memory hidden from her up to the plane crash or backwards to the plane the plane flight right yeah and uh and then sent back in order to stir the camp up mm-hmm. i mean we see we see it, in did, this episode it doesn't that, work maybe maybe it does well we <laughs> see know. in this episode a couple things we see that ethan has scratches on his face uh-huh and yeah it if there was some sort of plan that involved letting her go back to the camp it either didn't work or we just don't have enough context to know what it was supposed to be because he very quickly he immediately says i want her back right and yeah shit kicks off really quickly it's not as if she comes back to camp and then like everything seems normal for like a week and then stuff goes crazy right he he immediately comes out with his scratched up face and is like give her back to me so it certainly seems like she escaped it does it does but it also seems insane because we yeah. see how he manhandles Jack <laughs> for most of the fight. Right, right. In both times he fights. Right. I don't know. It, that is that is very strange. But I, you know, it also is is weird because, like, you know, I, originally I thought that, okay, Ethan is like an islander. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like, got a, a network. But if he does, they certainly didn't step in to help him out here. Right. So either he doesn't have a network or they operate differently or maybe... He's a clone and uh, he'll come back as a clone. Okay. Yeah. He's definitely like, there's something about him. He's fucking weird. (laughs) He's very intense. He has no middle ground. He's super focused on what he has to do. He's like a pod person. (laughs) He's like a robot. Yeah. Like a robot. So So maybe he's a clone or an android with human skin. And he needs to take the, uh, whatever the name of that test is from uh, Blade Runner. The, uh, Turing oh, test? No, they call it something else. Hold on a second. Blade Runner. Oh, test. Blade Runner. Voigtkampf test. There you go. Okay. <laughs> it's made up. Anyways, that was oh, really okay. dumb. That was a really dumb sidebar. No, uh, you're good. No, no, no. But, yeah, so he's <laughs> maybe he needs to take the Voigtkampf test. But yeah, and he gets shot in this episode, which is annoying. So back to back to this conversation between Saeed and Jack and Locke. Um, Jack says true amnesia is unlikely, but it's definitely possible because she's been through such extreme trauma. I thought it was notable that, you know, someone had to ask this question, but I thought it was notable that Locke is the one who wants to know if her memory will return. Yeah. Again, just being suspicious of everything Locke does. Um, <laughs> it's like, well, why, why do you care? Maybe he doesn't want her memory to come back. Or he does, and he really, really wants to know, you know. It could be either, honestly, yeah. Because it, it yeah. could be he doesn't because he knows something about Ethan and his, you know, his situation. Mm-hmm. Or or if he was somehow involved and he doesn't want her to remember that. Yes, also that. Or if he wants it to come back because he wants to know where she was taken. Right, know? yeah, he wants to know more about the island. These, yeah, the island and Ethan and his people, if he has people. Yep. <laughs> we We see Jen and Charlie walking together. Charlie is going on and on and on about being jealous of Jen for not knowing what's going on and <laughs> being detached from everything and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then Jen gets knocked out and Ethan pops up and says that he will kill one person every day unless they bring him Claire. So when Charlie tells Jack and Locke about that, they we, we again see they differ 
in their opinion of what they should do about it. Charlie and Jack say, let's go after him right now, because we know he's nearby. Uh, Locke says it's a bad idea because he kicked their asses last time. And uh, he said we should tell a select few and, you know, guard ourselves. And Jack says, no, we should tell everybody. Move everybody to the caves to keep them all safe. So they have very different ideas on, on what what is the best thing to do. But they go with Jack's idea. They tell everybody and they kind of hunker down in one place and set up this perimeter. Circle the wagons. Yeah. <laughs> we again have a moment between Sun and Jin where she's treating his wound from where he was knocked out. He said he was attacked because of what the others have done. Yeah. But clearly, like, he, he doesn't really understand what's going on. He just knows, like, they're something. He, they've done he something didn't do to, anything to deserve yeah, getting hit yeah, in the head like, with a rock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we kind of see what Charlie's talking about, where he gets the benefit of, like, not really knowing what's going on. Yeah. And then we have our suggestion by Kate to break out the guns. And this is where the yelling started. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you did you think it was a bad idea? No, no, no. I was yelling at Jack when he said no the first time. Oh, when he said no the first time. I okay, was like, yeah. you, you idiot. Like, you have the ultimate, like, the old saying goes, God made man, Samuel Colt made them equal. <laughs> <laughs> so That's... what's weird is I understand his reluctance, but he's going about it as if they have enough guns to give everybody a gun. Like, yeah, that would be a disaster, but... You get to pick and choose who gets a gun. Yeah, there's only four. You've got fucking Saeed, first of all. Yeah. Give him a gun. (laughs) You know, like, they've already... You've got four people that you know can handle a gun. And for some reason, I guess Jack is including himself in that. Yeah, which he shouldn't. (laughs) Um, But whatever. You know, we've got several people, at least, that we know can handle a gun, and no more than that. So it's not as if everyone's going to get their hands on one unless you're Jack and you drop yours and let Charlie pick it up. Yep. Um. Why you shouldn't have gotten a gun. (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, there's that initial reluctance. I don't know if it's just like some kind of dumb adherence to principle. I just can't. I, I just don't get it. Like, you have the ultimate. It's called a force multiplier. Like... Yeah. That that's why it's called that. Is but it, the it, the, it, the important thing is he very quickly does change his mind. And, he does. Yeah. And he re, you know he he initially bristles at it just because of who he is. But then it doesn't. It's not as if it takes him long because he makes the decision. Who who changes his mind? Is it? Let me see. Hold on. Does Scott die first? Oh, it's Locke, right? Well, Locke doesn't change his mind. Jack approaches Locke. Oh, that's true. Okay. And says, "Hey." Because he, he goes, again, he says, we need to track Ethan. Oh, it's after Scott dies, I think. Okay, yeah. So it takes somebody dying to change his mind. Wow, good job. Sense. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Anyway, anyway, so. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like safety regulation. They're, they're, they're but, written in blood. <laughs> let, let's not gloss over this, though. Okay, let's go back and talk about this person dying, right? For uh, yeah. Scott dying. Uh, we've got our perimeter set up. We see Boone's very got a clearly, knife. We see Boone being useless. Yep. But we find out that doesn't really matter because Ethan didn't breach their perimeter. He came in from the water. Yeah. Did that make you think of anything? Um. <sighs> Did we see anything weird involving the water recently? Yeah, there was the cable. Yeah. I mean, there's something going on. I, I have literally no idea. <laughs> I just it, wanted to. What it would be. Remind you. and No, and absolutely. I thought, connection. OK, yeah. well, maybe they've got a series of submersibles like it's a 1970s James james bond film i don't know <laughs> there's something going on with how they can with, with like 
you know, is, I don't even know, like, are there, I don't know, like, like I said, like before, like, is it a simulation? You know, I, who knows? But okay. it yeah. definitely seems as if in a certain way, it seems like Ethan isn't restricted by the normal travel on the island. Yeah. But then, like, he picks an inland spot to meet to get Claire. So I, I don't know. But he yeah. definitely has some kind of also we don't know. Hey, we don't know that it was Ethan that killed him. You're right. We don't know that. We don't know that. All we, we know is we heard happen. a scream yep. and then there was a dude who looked vaguely dead with some sand on his face. And uh, we hear what happened to him. Yeah, his neck got broken. His, his neck arm was got broken. Broke. Both arms were broken. All the bones in his fingers were broken. And that is, yeah, because it sounds like he was tortured. Which so, means, yeah, whatever happened to him, he was like messed up. He was not just killed. Which, which makes me think that that's not something that like just... That scream, okay, blah, 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 blah. Here's what I think. Mm -hmm. With those injuries, it makes me think he got captured and had some advanced interrogation techniques. Yeah. Trademark Dick Cheney. Uh, and then he got dumped on the beach. Back on the beach, yeah. And then someone found him, and that yeah. was the scream. They're like, yeah, because oh, God, certainly a body. If, if all of that had happened right there on the beach then some he would have made a noise everybody would have heard that yeah yeah unless he for some reason killed him like broke his neck and then broke everything else like i don't know it, it could have been that it could have been maybe sure. he did that and That'd then just weird. totally brutalized him as like an intimidation thing or like you said yeah. he really he took him to another location tortured him and then dumped him back on the beach I, it could be either of those things i am gonna put my money on but yeah the ladder. It, right yeah it seems insane that all of that could have happened to Scott with nobody hearing. Because normally post-mortem, there's like, there's very few cases of, of in terms of like homicide in general, post-mortem uh, mutilation either happens if the killer is like a product killer, like a, like uh, Ed Gein, you know, who wants the skin and stuff. Yeah. Because that's their thing. Or it's, uh, it's like a cartel or something who's trying to send a message. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what I was saying, is that that could yeah. have been purely to exactly yeah. scare them even more than they already were by saying, like, not only did I kill this person, but, like, look what I did to this person. <laughs> but but normally it's not like, because when they show him, he looks intact. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen cartel leavings. They're normally not in one piece. Yeah. <laughs> They've normally been disassembled like Legos. Yeah. So that's why it makes me think that he did that to him pre-mortem okay so that's that's my story and i'm sticking to it <laughs> good that's a good 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 theory let's see claire notices that everyone's giving her weird looks blatantly obvious weird looks yeah i mean everyone's like straight up glaring at her which like she's got a, a yeah. head crab attached to her <laughs> so she confronts shannon about it and shannon tells her yeah why and i you know what it's very rare I don't blame Shannon. I, th <laughs> I think somebody should have told her. Yeah, somebody should have told her. And uh, Charlie should have told her. And yeah, so he shouldn't have just blatantly lied to her. She's pissed at Charlie. And he said he just wanted to take care of her. And she says she can take care of herself. And yeah, so really, she she deserved to know the truth. And Charlie fucked up there. I want to hear your opinion on this as the uh, female component of this uh, podcast. Okay. Do you think that, or does it, come across to you as often the women in this show don't get a lot of agency so far. I think it depends on which male character we're talking about. 
Well, like Kate obviously is a very powerful person. Like she's she's very skilled at what she does. Oh, are we going to talk about her not getting a gun or initially not getting a gun? Initially not getting a gun, but even like back when the guns are a thing, she hands her agency to Jack. To Jack. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense in the context of her character because she's very independent. So that to me is like, you know, it it feels like I I like that Claire had this comeuppance because a lot of times it feels like the female characters are kind of just like there for the ride. Yeah. So far. Obviously, this is like 15 episodes, you know. I'm trying to think purely in the context of what we've seen so far because that is going to get a lot better. But yes, I think you're right up to this point. They haven't been given much agency. Um, Kate, it's complicated. Now, a lot of her, the writing of her character, especially as it pertains to Jack, is just weak. It's just weak. Like, she is Little Miss Love Interest, right? Like, with how she interacts with Jack. Yeah, specifically uh, with Jack. Her giving him the briefcase of guns was a very weird decision on the writer's part. And I, I think it was just supposed to be her, you know... She's just full of so much self-loathing and, like, she doesn't trust herself. Sure. Yeah, she's also, I mean, she's so focused on self-preservation that... It would have made sense to me if she had, like... The Kate that we know would have and should have gotten that key back from Jack as soon as she got him to help her and been like, okay, cool, this is mine. Yeah. But, yeah, instead she got all weepy and let him walk away with it. Yeah, so, I mean, that was just weak (laughs) on the writings writer's part and we have son who definitely has probably has the most agency of any female character on the show so far so far yeah um yeah. but even then she's still beholden to the secret of of speaking english which isn't i guess is a you know if it wasn't for everything else i would just say is an interesting plot point but yeah coupled with the fact that all the other women characters just kind of do whatever everyone else around them wants them to do. Yeah. Is a little sus. It's like they, they try to combat that by having Kate volunteer for every mission. Right. But it still just doesn't, it, it just falls flat. Um, yeah. It falls flat, but it will get better. That's good. Her and it gets, honestly, it gets better this mess, episode but. because Sawyer, I mean, I guess we'll get to that, but yeah, I do want to talk about that when we get to that moment. Probably the best part I think of the there's episode. a reason for that specifically, but anyway, yeah, so, oh, well, this is the moment where Jack approaches Locke and says, you know, we need to track down Ethan. And Locke says to him, we're just a bunch of scared idiots with sharp sticks. <laughs> and Jack says, well, what if I what if I told you, you know, we could get the advantage back? Yeah. And then he shows Locke the guns. So they decide that it's going to be Saeed, Jack, and Locke that go. And then Charlie wants to go as well. And they're like, mm, that Locke asks if he's ever fired a gun. And it's just silence. And so they, you know, basically turn their back, like literally turn their backs on him and dismiss him. But then they're like, oh, actually, we do have four guns. <laughs> yeah. So this moment feels jarring because Jack goes to Sawyer first. But we have to keep in mind that nobody except for Jack and Hurley know about Kate. And even Hurley doesn't really know. He knows that, you know, she had that badass looking mugshot. But yeah, but Jack how... is the only person who actually knows that she knows how to use a gun because she pretended that she didn't know how. But really, would you be concerned with that in this situation? Like, wouldn't you just kind of say, I don't really care about that. Like, this is a life or death Well, they didn't. They chose not to give Charlie a gun because he had never used one. Like, they're specifically only giving guns. No, but Kate has used a gun before. 
but but uh, as far as they're concerned, she hasn't. Well, everyone but Jack, but I think Jack could be like, oh, yeah, I, I but guess. So, so the way I see it is Jack is, you know, again, in this situation, it shouldn't matter, but maybe he's still trying to protect her secret, right? Like, I feel like it. She, he just still doesn't trust her. That's also a big part of it. Yeah. But then, you know, Sawyer's the one that's like, well, hey, I have this other gun. I, that was like that redeems so much of Sawyer to me, and just like that Sawyer was great in this episode. One line, I was like, yeah. "Hey, you yeah. know what? You're not such a piece of shit after all." Yeah. So you know, Sawyer. I think Sawyer and Saeed probably know that she's full of shit, and like, of course, she can use a gun. Look at her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's obviously yeah. something more to her. And you know, I do think that it was. On Jack's part, it was sexism. It was not trusting her. But there is also that layer of him being the only one who knows her secret. And that's, in my head, is why he didn't want to give her the gun. I guess if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, yeah. Yeah. But he also, I mean, every time there's an adventure into the jungle, he doesn't want her to go, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, Shut it's up. Like... Yeah, so it part of it is just him being annoying and, and sexist and not trusting her. Or just, like, trying to be a white knight and, like, protect her. Yeah, yeah. In some stupid way. I don't know. But yeah, this... It, it goes back to the agency thing, but I love when Sawyer... It gave, it gave Sawyer the opportunity to be... <sighs> so good. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were, we both, like, cheered. We were like, yeah, Sawyer! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they make their plan. They're going to use Clara's bait. Apparently they don't stick to their plan. This whole thing was... Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> well, they kind of do. What? They kind of do, but it takes forever. Like, they say, oh, we're going to stay in sight lines. But then it takes forever for anyone to show up to the Yeah, action. it does take them a really long time. I guess because they had all, like, nestled themselves in the trees. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, and we're going like... to stay in sight lines, but it's going to take us two minutes to get down from our perch so we don't break our ankles. Yeah, know. Jack is the only one that gets to her right away. And then he fucks it up royally. Well, no, he does not fuck it up. He, yeah, he drops his gun. He should just he, shot him. Yes, he drops his gun, which, you know, allows Charlie to get it, but Ethan doesn't get it. And he, I mean, he subdues Ethan and then gives everyone else time to catch up and surround yeah, but him. He, yeah, but he gave Ethan the chance to not be subdued like when you have a like that's the well, point of having whole, their a gun whole plan was not to use the guns unless they absolutely had to they did like, not want to accidentally kill him right did they say that yeah saeed says that they absolutely want him alive only use the guns as a last resort okay still it's so, never a good idea to lose control of your firearm but yeah so it was dumb that he comes running at him with a gun in one hand that he doesn't intend to use yet and then immediately drops it <laughs> but i mean jack still like he kind of kicks butt. No, he, just, he does a good job. It's just yeah. like, as someone who is very obnoxiously, I guess, obsessed with firearm handling, he broke like every rule of firearm handling from yeah. a safety aspect. And that bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> just because it's been it's been ground into me from being part of that side of, I guess, American culture or whatever. But like you do not, you know, it's a distance tool. You know, it's not yeah. a up close tool and yeah. then he loses control of it. And so it's like uh, that whole thing for you was just like, oh, my God, this is every this is like every <laughs> every gun carrier's nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it for me. I mean, I guess from a from a show writing standpoint, you know, it's pretty dramatic. But yeah. from for, for me as a as a as someone who owns and carries guns regularly, it was like, oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, <laughs> this is it every, was pretty everything rough. bad. <laughs> yeah, I also one of the silly moments in this episode before any of that fight scene when we see them all making their plan and heading off into the jungle. There's a shot of Charlie like glaring after them. Yeah, <laughs> that fades away into like a storm cloud, and it's like, what are we watching right now? <laughs> What was like, that supposed to be? <laughs> like, like the intro to a YouTube video or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so Jack loses his gun in the battle or in the fight. And as soon as they have him subdued and cornered, Charlie shoots him six times in the chest. Yep. Pretty, uh, pretty good group for someone <laughs> who we have not been given an indication that he has firearm experience. Yeah. It, I mean, it looked to me like he was, you know. I mean, I guess he wasn't uh, even far away. He was, you'd be surprised. Have you ever shot a handgun? Uh, Once. I mean, I went to a shooting range one time, a long time ago. Okay. Do you remember just how hard it is to? Yeah, that's true. It is really hard. Very hard. It's, yeah. uh, that's why I like a lot of, like, the general consensus is if someone is buying a gun for home defense and they don't want to be involved in it beyond that, you should get a long gun because it gives you two points of control Three points of control if you count the sh shoulder uh, positioning. Mm -hmm. But shooting a handgun accurately. Also, he puts six shots. Yeah, and he stays super into him. Yeah. In less than three seconds. Yeah. Which is very good. <laughs> very hard to do. He's fueled by rage. I uh, love. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe, hey, here's the thing. I don't know Charlie's whole backstory. Maybe. Uh, after he failed at being a copier salesman, he went to become a hitman for the SAS. I don't know. <laughs> so who knows? But he was way more proficient with that gun than uh, so far he has any right to be. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to talk it up to plot convenience. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, so many things about this episode and why this episode is so weak for me is that all of it is just so convenient. Like It is very convenient. At the end of the day, this episode, like, is almost a filler episode. I mean, like, yeah, Claire's back. Ethan's dead. We learn nothing. That is true. I will give we, you that. We, we do learn nothing. In what should have been such a huge moment, I think that, I think purely the choice to have him die in the same episode where she comes back in itself is weak because it doesn't even leave us, like, room to consider possibilities, right? Yeah. There are still possibilities. Like you said, like he, something about him is inhuman, right? Yeah. Like he, he could be a clone. He could be an android. He could be a million things. So seeing him die doesn't mean we, we've seen the last of him. Correct. And maybe this episode was meant to make it almost seem too easy, right? Like, oh, great. Especially that montage at the end, right? It's been a while since we've had one of these where we kind of see everybody looking relieved and the yeah. gentle piano music is playing. And it's like, oh, well, that was easy, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like wiping their brow like, yeah, oh, it's over now. When really what we need to take from this episode is they are so fucked. Like if if Ethan was working with a group of people and not on his own, they are so fucked and so unprepared. And now if we assume like we don't know what's happened to his body, like if if they took it and did something with it or if the island or oh, anybody man. living on the island is going to recover it man if they just left that body there yeah we don't know um we have no so idea. mad that'd be the dumbest thing you gotta burn <laughs> that corpse the amount of shit you see on this <laughs> island and you don't burn that corpse you're a goofball and i'm not saying that they didn't i'm not saying that they no they i know i'm just choice, i'm but we i'm don't making a know. prediction yeah but if 
if we assume that these other people, if there are other people, you know, what we know from Rousseau is that they are these, like, whispers in the jungle, and Saeed heard it too, and it seemed like he was surrounded. Like, if it's not too much of a leap to say that they know everything that's going on in on their island, then they now know that these people have guns, right? Yep. But we don't know any of that. Like, we don't know... We've seen enough of Ethan to know that, like, there's something weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, Ethan is just not a normal human being. Nope. So it would be... A strange choice for it to suddenly be like, oh, they're not that much of a threat. Like, maybe they did get rid of the lone threat. But yeah, we we just, we do not know. We know nothing after this episode. Which, to me, for the first time, is a little bit annoying. In retrospect, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, like, th- this, this episode had the potential and almost, like, the responsibility to re- reveal a little bit more than they did. And, and they just revealed nothing. But... Anyway, I'm stepping off of that soapbox now. No, that's fair. I mean, and it, it's it, just it, having two cop outs in the same episode of the amnesia and the him dying immediately. That was yeah. just too much. <laughs> too much. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think. Um, However, I'm not mad at Charlie for killing him. No, I get it. I definitely yeah. get it. Because he's right. Would Ethan have told them anything? Would they really have learned anything from Ethan? I don't think they would have learned anything from Ethan himself. I think yeah. maybe they could have found like, and again, you know, we don't know what they did with the body. They should, you know, not to, they should uh, search him. Let me put it that way. Yeah. And maybe yeah. they need to do a little bit of in-depth searching. And by that, I mean, cut him open and see yeah. what's, what, what makes him tick. Cause right. there were two things I thought at the end of the episode. And one was either he's a clone. Maybe he could be a clone or maybe he could be an Android. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I and, and that's that's are... not a leap for us as the audience, but I do think it would be kind of if Jack and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying that we're not going to see this, but it would be kind of a, a leap for Jack to be like, we need to autopsy him and see if he's a regular human. You know what I mean? Like, that seems like a big leap for one of our survivors to make this early in the game. Sure. But as the audience, the stuff that we've seen, you know, it makes sense. I think it's more likely that he's a clone than an android, to be honest. Okay. And even then, like. Clone implies like a genetic component, like he's grown in a vat, you know, yeah. like the clones from Star Wars. I don't yeah. even think it could be that. I think they could literally have like vessels that they put people's consciousness in to to perpetuate themselves. Like that's that's not an insane okay an option either. Like that's even something people are looking into now, where if you're able to somehow capture the essence of somebody then the, I mean, we are just meat. And then yeah. the stuff that's in our head is what makes us what we are. Yeah. Uh, so if you're able to just put that into a different body, then you're still essentially the same person, even if you have different parts. Do you think that could be a reason why they would be after a pregnant woman? Yes. Almond? Yep. Because yeah. whether it's stem cells or mm-hmm. just, you know, a brand new human, you know, that yeah. you could get at the earliest stages of life. Mm-hmm. And why, if there are... Because so this scenario, what happened in this episode makes no sense if Ethan is the only person, because he, if he is the only person, it makes no sense for him to put himself in a situation where he could get captured or killed. Like he sh- he would be way more careful, at least to me. Right. If you were like you were the sole survivor on this island, you would not be willy nilly inserting yourself into these situations like you would be trying to preserve your own life. 
yeah. makes more sense to me that he's part of a group mm-hmm. and either there are other a lot of other people in that group or they have the ability to keep their own selves going yeah. in other bodies. It certainly like it, it seems like a questionable decision for him to approach Charlie and say, bring her to me. Yeah. Instead of, I mean, why didn't he just take her? Just kidnap her. Yeah. Did it before. Yeah, definitely a weird. And, you know, we we are going to learn more about all of this. But at the end of the day, the main the main reasoning for all of these, like, quote unquote, weaknesses that, that we've pointed out in this episode are just that they were convenient for this episode. And that is what gets, that's what grates on me the most is like, yeah, well, why didn't he just take her? Well, because then we wouldn't have had a story, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem when it becomes obvious. Yeah. Like why the decisions were made in terms of storytelling. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, it, you know, that would have made an interesting episode. <laughs> yeah. But there but are anyway. like 22 episodes in a season. And it's not like a it's not like uh, it's always sunny or the episodes are 22 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> These are full length episodes. <laughs> so you probably, you know, maybe could have yeah. done a little bit more, but. But on a happy note, we it ends on a Claire and Charlie. Yeah, it was nice moment. It was cute. She remembers peanut butter. Uh, I mean that you know I was like she's like when she said oh I remember peanut butter I was like yeah because it was the most infuriating thing you've experienced in the past three days. <laughs> I remember peanut butter and I also felt really angry when I remembered yeah. peanut butter. Well, I remember no, peanut no, butter and now I want to strangle you. She remembers peanut butter because. You and my husband are assholes, and it was a sweet moment, and that's why she remembers it. And clearly, it had an impact on her. It was not sweet in a positive way. It was it was as sweet <laughs> as if he had he, if he had given her imaginary honey, aka not sweet. Well, she remembers it, and now she wants to trust him. So there you go. Yeah. Well, you know what? Chalk that up <laughs> to the weakness of this fucking episode because <laughs> <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I just yelled at the TV. I was like, yeah, because it pissed you off endlessly. No. I know it didn't. <laughs> but they but brought it back up again. Also, she remembers something. So that's hopeful, right? Yeah, it's good. We we are we are eventually going to figure out. Obviously, we're going to learn more about, you know, what happened. But specifically, we are going to learn what happened to her. Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense because a lot of times when people do experience amnesia, it's the most traumatic experiences that bring their memory back. Like being lied to about peanut butter. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm so mad. (laughs) I think it's really, really cute. I hate it. I remember peanut butter is like one of my favorite moments. Well, you know what? You can have it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well... Okay. <laughs> Whatever. That's the episode. Ugh. Disgusted. <laughs> um, the only thing that I really had was, um, in terms of, you know, fun facts, the, the thing I told you at the beginning about Damon Lindelof. Yeah. But also, this was considered a a gaffe, I guess, or, or a little bit of a blooper, that Sawyer and Saeed don't question Kate having a gun, even though they think she doesn't know how to use one. I feel like it was intentional. And hmm. not a mistake, and that they just know that she's full of shit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Sawyer and Saeed do not know that she was the prisoner of the marshal. However, but they, but they know she's got something else going they on. They know that she can take care of herself. Yeah. And so I don't think there's ever a moment where they, you know, now back in the pilot, in that like initial moment when that happened, they might be like, oh, this poor sweet child doesn't know how to use a gun. 
But everything they've seen her do since then, they're probably like, yeah, okay, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like everybody else. But yeah, I, I just thought it was funny that that, that was considered. Uh, just like on like the little Wikipedia page I was reading, they put that down as a blooper. And I'm like, eh, I don't think so. I don't think that's a blooper. I mean, it to me, like a lot of times, especially with TV shows, when you read the bloopers and stuff, it's almost like people are just saying like, oh, they didn't talk about this. But like... There's only so much time. Yeah. And would that be a really interesting conversation? They're like, oh, wait. Oh, she's got like, cause, because it's not even like Jack doesn't decide to give it to her. Sawyer does. So are they going to have like a powwow and be like, we got to take the gun from her? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's not really a blooper to me. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a question. Okay. Uh, So me and Larissa talked after the episode about who we would give guns to. Okay. If we had guns to give. Yeah. And one of the things that came up was, would we want, would we basically, would we give the bait a gun? Mm. Uh, and so my question to you is, if you were in that situation, because uh, out of the two of us, I would say you're a little bit closer to Claire. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that you are a pregnant woman. Yeah. Uh, would you want a gun in that situation? Would I want a gun? Yes. Should I be given a gun? Questionable. Okay. I think I would have... Without any experience. Yeah, I think... Which, I mean, I consider myself as, you know, in, like, middle school or high school one time. That's essentially having zero experience. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think I would have been more likely to hurt someone else. Like, you know, unintentionally hurt someone else. Especially if they're, like, they're all hiding, keeping the sightline on me, like... Who knows where Ethan's going to approach from? Like if I had gotten turned around or just started randomly firing off because I was scared. Like, I think it would have been a disaster. Um, well, the biggest responsibility outside of respons- uh, responsibly using a gun is not letting someone else get the gun. And I think yeah. that would have been the biggest lie. Yeah, I think I also would have very easily been disarmed. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was yeah, just curious from your perspective. The only person in the group that I think should not have had a gun is Jack. Yeah, okay, we're on the same page. There we are. The the fifth gun should have been, and there's no way for them to know this, but, like, it should have been Jin. Why Jin? Oh, because he's in the mafia. Yeah, I mean, like... They're not big on guns, though, over there. Well, we... And, and we don't really know uh, a lot about his character yet, but, um... Oh, so are you hinting at something? <laughs> He should have been <laughs> okay. involved. So maybe Jin knows, a lot. Jin knows his way around a 9mm. Jin's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no, but yeah, I'm trying to think if they're, you know, Jack shouldn't have been given a gun. No, I would like, he's so the first person I would who... think of that would not be able to have the balls to shoot somebody. Yeah. Or, you know, exactly what he did, which is just run at him. And drop it. And <laughs> drop it immediately. But I'm trying to think with what we know. Ah, oh, fuck. I mean, like, maybe Boone, but we've only seen him be useless. He's useless. You know? No, not Boone. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I would have maybe approached Michael and seen if he, you know, asked him if he had experience. Yeah. The responsible thing would have been for Jack to be like, I don't know how to use a gun. So even though I'm Mr. Leader Man, I should probably sit this one out. But, or at least, like, be, like, a second set of eyes, you know? Yeah. Because that's, like, that's why you 
besides extra firepower, that's why people work in squads in the military. Or like if you talk about snipers, they have spotters, you know, that are there yeah, to help them make the extra to, decisions. Yeah, having him be the one to rush in was certainly stupid. But like, would it have gone any other way? No, of course he's the one. Yeah, <laughs> right? of course. Sure. But yeah, if if we were to assign that gun to someone better suited, I know that the only answer would probably be Jin. But mm. from what we know right now, they maybe should have just asked. I guess they didn't want people to know they have guns, but they should have been a little more transparent. Been like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Does anybody know how to use a gun? <laughs> yeah, like honestly, it would have been probably a good idea before this point to pick some people to to be the one the shooters and. And well, so one weird thing was that they they said they only had a, like a hundred rounds of ammo in that suitcase, which is weird. Why would you have four guns and hundred rounds of ammo? Like I don't know. I have what like would, what would have been a better number? <laughs> I mean, I have three hundred rounds of ammo at least for each type of gun that I own. So I oh, don't know. Okay. But that is strange. Well, maybe the marshal had used a lot of it in <laughs> Australia when he was hunting down. What is he doing? God. I don't know. You leave I don't a fucking know. trail of bodies through the outback? Holy I don't know. Shit. <laughs> I don't know. God, he showed up with a thousand rounds of ammo and he smoked 200 <laughs> Australians on his way out. Jesus. He's a real bad guy. I'm glad they I'm glad they fucking executed him in that tent. Um yeah, so that was weird, but, uh, you know, obviously you can't practice shoot a ton if you have that limited right. amount of ammo, but it would have been yeah. at least good to identify people that had them. Also, I do like, so the gun that he gives to Locke is a Beretta, um, I think it's an M9, um, and then the gun that Sawyer pulls out and gives to Kate is a, he says he was carrying a SIG 9mm, and it looks vaguely like a SIG Sauer, so... I've been points for that. They uh, um, had like, you know, fairly realistic looking guns. The sounds they made when they were loading them was uh, super extra. But we already know that some of the foley on the show is questionable. But when oh, yeah. what, what did you think of? Oh, <clears throat> what did you think of that fight scene? It was basically the same as last time. Yeah, at uh, least they cut. I, I didn't think it was as egregious. Like, I feel like they got the sound levels a little bit better. Because you can have like weird foley sounds, but if you blend them with the background, it's pouring down rain. Yeah. You know, they're in a jungle. You can turn them down. They don't sound as bad. I think it sounded a little better, to be okay. honest. Um, uh, the only like weird, the probably the weirdest foley part that stood out to me was when Jack gave Locke a gun and there were all of these like. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> yeah all the I was like, and what are you loading up? Uh, an M2, a Browning M2? <laughs> like, what? Are you loading a, a vehicle-mounted machine gun? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the most noise I've ever heard come out of a semi-automatic handgun. That was well, pretty the funny. reason for that is it seems impressive, and uh, no, every show, viewer, every average show viewer, i.e., me, doesn't know that that's not what it sounds like. <laughs> no, I know it's it's fine. It's just funny yeah. to me, like. It sounds like a like a whole platoon of people are cocking yeah. their guns. It's just one guy with a handgun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like that they had like actually identifiable guns this time. It was cool. I also like that it's raining again when they have their... God. Fight. Pouring rain. Pouring rain. I mean, just like I've been in heavy rainstorms before, but it's like everyone has their own personal shower. <laughs> so much that'll water. Be, that'll be a theme in this show. Pouring rain means 
something bad is going to happen. Quite also, they didn't. A, a character did, death. did they not have like a raincoat they could have given Claire? I felt bad for Claire. <laughs> Give her like a tarp. I, something. I mean, she was just like she was like in her sleepwear wandering through the jungle. It's pouring down rain. Like, I understand you're using her as bait, but you don't want her to, to save her. and She gets fucking get, pneumonia. Yeah, that would be rough, huh? That'd be real bad. That would be real bad. It's like they got to have some trash bags. <laughs> they can <laughs> cut a hole in a trash bag and stick it over. She's not huge. She could fit in like a 20 gallon trash bag. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Boy, oh boy. Well, I'm trying to think if I had anything else for this episode. It was just, I mean, that, that was it. Yeah, I will say now that you pointed out that we didn't really learn anything, I do get the frustration of that. Yeah. Especially when, like I said, you got 22 episodes in a season, so it feels like if you have that many, why do you have an episode that doesn't add to yeah. the story? Yeah, we, like, not only, so far, the episodes that have not added to the plot have added to character development. Right. So that was like a double whammy in this episode. It's like a net zero knowledge gain. And then also, we don't learn anything new about Charlie, who's the focus of the episode. We reinforce what we already knew about him. Yeah. But there's no new revelation about him either. So it's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> at the end of the day, the difference is Claire's back, Ethan's dead. Which seems like it should be so significant, and yet they managed to make it not feel that way. <laughs> because we haven't learned anything. But I mean, tomorrow's another day. We will learn more. And it, it's not, it's really not that bad of an episode. It's just. No, it was fine. It just, yeah. you know, it's the, the whole thing of like when something doesn't move the story along, it's a little uh, Yeah, it's a little frustrating. Well, the next episode is called Outlaws. Outlaws. I mean, Kate and Sawyer come to mind. Yeah. And so I could see where maybe they revisit the fact that Kate got a gun. Maybe that question comes up and they see a little more of her. They, they tie in her explaining stuff to other characters that don't know her backstory yet with flashbacks of her backstory so you, you also, think people you think people will learn about her in this episode i'm saying it could be that okay. or if it's a sawyer focused episode then it would be something similar to that i mean sawyer's yeah. pretty badass in this episode not so not so quick jungle boy that was pretty good yeah he's he definitely stood out yeah um in a positive light also he's left-handed i guess didn't notice that before or he's yeah, when he shot the polar bear, wasn't it with his left hand? I didn't notice, but it might it, it could have been. He's just I guess he's a southpaw. That's cool. Yeah. Feel bad for him. Most guns are not designed for southpaws, so he's gotta deal with shell shell ejection going in his face if he's ever using <laughs> a rifle. But um Yeah, outlaws. Oh, we did I did make it <laughs> I did make a joke earlier. We were talking about like why didn't they why didn't they ask Hurley about having a gun? I was like, Yeah, he, like he could he could have been like yeah, I'm, I used to be a lieutenant for the Jalisco cartel. <laughs> <laughs> I know my way around a nine millimeter. <laughs> but oh, no. Uh, no, I don't. I, I think they have to maintain Hurley's like teddy bear. Oh, for sure. Appearance. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, out of everyone. Well, Jen was part of uh, organized crime. Yeah, well, I would say the the characters who we didn't focus on in this episode who stood out the most would probably be Sawyer and Jen. Jen I sidebars want with son a Jen and episode. Sawyer just being so randomly likable in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want a Jen episode. It's so, uh, uh, Ricky says we haven't had a Hurley episode yet. Maybe Hurley's the outlaw. True. <laughs> like I said, you never know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, honestly, it could be any of those three 
I would say out of those three, I'm just going to say it's going to be a Sawyer episode. There you go. All right. We'll find out next week. We will. Ho, ho. Fuckers. But until then. Cut that. (laughs) (laughs) No, not until then. We're not going to live together, die alone yet, because we have to talk about our social media first. Correct. So (laughs) we are on Twitter at Jungle of Mystery. We are on Instagram at Jungle of Mystery Pod. And we have a Gmail, which is Jungle of Mystery Pod at gmail.com. So reach out to us this episode about just your general impression of this episode. Are you as down on it as I am? Because <laughs> now I'm already feeling kind of guilty about being so negative about it. Negative Nancy. <laughs> or, you know, did or you Or are you agree? down in the hip way? Nope, definitely not that. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you think about Ethan? Is he human? We don't know. Uh, does player really have amnesia? We don't know. Why did Jack have a gun? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> and we- just let us know your general thoughts about our show, about Lost, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Hit me with it. Hit us up. Comments, suggestions, anything. Also, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and Anchor, where we host podcasts. And we really want to hear from you because, yes. you know, if we can't live together, we die alone. alone. Marshall, goddammit. <laughs> We're going to die alone. I don't mm, know. Milady, would you like to be my second breakfast? Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I hated yeah. everything about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So there's my, uh, the crossing of the streams there for... <laughs> Lord of the Rings in the show. <laughs>